is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Mr. Producer, are you sure about the time polls close in Virginia? You checked three sites, and they told you 7 p.m.? So if it's 8 p.m. and not 7 p.m., it's your head, not mine, right? I don't want to screw up the election in Virginia. All right. Virginians. You have 53 minutes to get to the polls. Now, some of you might say, what's the big deal? It's a state election. Well, it's a big deal. It affects your Second Amendment rights. It affects the business environment in the state, your sales taxes, your state income taxes. It affects even property taxes in many ways. It affects your transportation system. It affects whether the teachers union will control your educational system. I have never understood. Well, I understand it. I've always rejected this idea in in this state, in Virginia, in the state I, I was born in, Pennsylvania, and I'm sure most of the states in this country. Public schools are closed Mondays and Tuesdays, the Tuesday of Election Day and the day before. And this is because the National Education Association... And the American Federation for Teachers, the two big teacher unions, who go 99% for Democrats and liberal Democrats, they demand in their contracts that the teachers get these days off. They call them work, you know, work days, but they're not work days, in-house work days or whatever. Many of these teachers are manning the polls at the precincts. It's an army of two million. And these clowns on these school boards, they vote for this, even in Republican areas. It is a big push, has been a big push for decades by the National Education Association in particular. So why do that? Why do you close school the Monday before Election Day in many districts and close it on Election Day? Well, people vote in the school. So what? So what? Anyway, there's a big election in New Jersey, too. These elections matter who you elect for governor. And we have a very good lineup in Virginia, I'll tell you, nation. All of America. Gillespie is not as conservative as I am, but he's not the Democrat, who's a kook. He's a fraud. He's a flake. And so when it comes to things like schools and transportation and and taxes, and I favor them all lower, by the way, you've got to make a choice. And Gillespie, I think, would be an excellent governor. There's a woman by the name of Jill Volpe. She's running for lieutenant governor. Solid as a rock. There's a gentleman who has the perfect name, John Adams. He's running for attorney general of Virginia. Solid as a rock. So I endorse all three of them. And I want to encourage you, those of you who are listening to me in your cars, driving in your cars, we're heard all over the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's raining. It's cold. I know. I got it. That makes your vote even more important, because a lot of people are not going to vote. So it's absolutely crucial you do your duty, and you vote. And you vote. 
You know, one of the things that Democrats want to do in this state, as in other states, they want to expand Medicaid. Well, that will bankrupt the state. It'll bankrupt the state. They want to drive up income taxes. They want to drive up sales taxes. I live in a state that used to be a dark red state. It's now a blue state. It's not even purple anymore. It's a blue state. We elect two idiots to the United States Senate. We elect Hillary's bagman governor. How, how bad is that? Does it get any worse than that? Well, yes, it could be California. But you get the point. There was an ad here I was telling you about it as I was watching it several weeks ago. This guy who's running for, I wish I remembered his name, he's running for state delegate. And he's running commercials saying his opponent opposes controlling the sale of bazookas and hand grenades and flamethrowers. Well, you can't buy bazookas, hand grenades, and flamethrowers. But this guy's hoping to drive out the Democrat base because so much of the base is made up of morons, malcontents, miscreants, who buy into this stuff. They buy into this stuff. You've got uh, the Democrats, who have a conga line of women on, in these commercials, lying through their teeth that Ed Gillespie, of all people, wants to outlaw abortion. Now, I wish it were that simple. I really do. I believe a life is a life, but... Putting my views aside, a governor can't outlaw abortion. There's the Roe versus Wade decision. That's only been discussed for over 40 years now. So the Supreme Court nationalized the issue. Not only nationalized the issue, seized control over the issue. So even if you had a governor who wanted to outlaw abortion, he can't. And yet, this is the kind of crap they're throwing around out there. The Democrats, whether it's Virginia, whether it's New Jersey, anywhere in the country, all these races, off your elections, on your elections, do not want to have a debate on the issues. They do not want to debate policy. They do not want to debate philosophy. They do not want to debate the issues that matter to the average person. They don't, they don't want to get into that. They run lies and they run platitudes. Hey, you want free education? Yes. Hey, you want free health care? Yes. You want free this, free that? Oh, yeah. And they run lies because that's what they're all about. Anyway, anyway, in the amount of time I just spoke, what is it, seven or eight minutes, Mr. Producer, something like that? Again, I just want to encourage Republicans and conservatives. My brother... And sister, constitutional conservatives, get out and vote. In Virginia, New Jersey, and anywhere else there's an election. But the Virginia election might be really, really close. For instance, the attorney general, the guy running for attorney general last time, is a real louse. He's a real louse. He's prostituted the law and himself. And... uh, he won by a, by a couple thousand votes, maybe 1,000 votes. I can't remember the exact number. So the vote matters in, a, in an off-year, close election when it's cold and raining outside. All right, enough. People don't care about their future. What the hell can I do about it? Do you know Governor Greg Abbott of Texas? Great governor. I'm a huge fan of his. He was on this show last night. And we discussed what took place in this beautiful little town, this beautiful little church with these beautiful people. And I asked an initial question that some of you may have found a little odd. It was this. Cut 18. Go. 
authorities aren't telling us what took place in that church, but it must have been absolutely horrific. I'm not asking you to tell me something that you're not allowed to tell me, but do you know what took place in that church? Well, we do, and I think the public knows what happened, and that is that uh, a a person who was completely deranged uh, went in there and uh, unloaded an AR uh, and killed a whole bunch of people uh, and it was a small church uh, and it was completely devastating uh, and it's been a big challenge for this very small community uh, of less than 500 people uh, but in going there and, and hugging them and meeting with them and talking to them I got to tell you these are people of strong resilience and in typical Texas fashion these people are, are coming together uniting uh, as a community and and they're going to work their way through this Now, the reason I asked him that question is because I was kind of reading between the lines of one of the local law enforcement gentlemen there who said he wasn't going to get into details of what took place in that church. He wasn't going to get into details. And that told me these people were assassinated one at a time, as I mentioned. And unfortunately, horrifically, that's exactly what took place. This is from the Washington Examiner. I know I'm supposed to talk about Donna Brazil. I don't care about Donna Brazil. She's a left-wing moron. She's always been a left-wing moron. I believe she's dishonest. She leaked questions to Hillary Clinton during the debate. Now she's trashing Hillary Clinton. Why do we have to get involved in the Democrats' patent place? Who gives a crap? From the Washington Examiner. Survivors of Texas church massacres say gunmen shot babies at point-blank range. A husband and wife who survived Sunday shooting at a church in Sutherland Springs, Texas, said the gunmen moved from aisle to aisle, shooting parishioners inside the church, and shot babies who were crying at point-blank range. Joaquin Ramirez and Roseanne Salas described the shooting at the First Baptist Church in an interview with San Antonio's KSAT. The couple survived by pretending they were dead, though Salas was shot in her left shoulder and Ramirez was wounded by shrapnel. The couple told the radio station they heard what sounded like firecrackers popping and said someone told the parishioners to take cover. Everyone began screaming and yelling, Salas said, and crawling to find places to hide. The suspected gunman, 26-year-old Devin Patrick Kelly, was shooting hard, she said. Salas said she could see fellow parishioners who were shot, and there was a moment when the gunfire stopped. She said she thought the police had responded to the shooting, but the gunman had instead entered the church and began shooting from inside. Ramirez said the shooter moved into the church's center aisle, and they began shooting aisle by aisle, looking for more victims and opening fire on babies who cried or made noise. I was praying to God to save me because I could see death, Ramirez said. Twenty-six people were killed, really twenty-seven, and twenty were injured in the shooting. Victims range in the age from 18 months to 77 years old. Really hard to stomach. Here's how uh, CBSDFW.com slash AP reported it. The gunman who killed 26 people at a small town Texas church went aisle to aisle looking for victims and shot crying babies at point-blank range, a couple who survived said. 
this guy had nut job written all over him, had violence written all over him, had killer written all over him. He brutalized his stepbaby, fractured the baby's skull, and beat his first wife in 2012. He served a year in military prison, received a dishonorable discharge. He lasted for five and a half weeks as an unarmed security guard because he's a whack job. He has a history of instability and violence. Another case, Colorado, he took a dog by the throat and threw it hard to the ground, punching it in the face. The dog was whining and yiping. And he gets a gun. And he gets a gun. The man is convicted of domestic violence. Which means he's not supposed to have a gun. Under the federal system, he's not supposed to have a gun. The state of Texas denied him a handgun. Effectively did. But the federal government failed. The Special Investigation Unit at the Air Force Base, in which this barbarian, subhuman piece of you-know-what was convicted, apparently did not report his conviction to the FBI to put him on their database. Apparently there's three databases his name was not provided to. This isn't an issue about gun control. For an issue about gun control, the hero who stepped up and shot him wouldn't have been able to step up and shoot him. This is one of the reasons this story, so-called, is being covered differently by the media than Las Vegas. Because the hero in this case is a former NRA instructor. Hillary Clinton would call him a deplorable. The lib media would call him a, a yokel. He loads up his AR-15. He runs from his house, an extremely modest house. He's barefooted, runs across the street and confronts the killer. He's everything the liberals hate about Americans and America. The plumber, white Christian, male, NRA member, former NRA instructor, owning an AR-15, not wearing shoes when he runs outside his very modest house. And he stops the killer. Wasn't a politician who stopped the killer. Wasn't a politician from Washington, D.C. Wasn't a politician from a blue state. Wasn't a member of the media. Was an American, a hero, who did what he had to do. And so this story is covered differently, isn't it? And right out of the box, Barack Obama and the other leftists, all the mediocres out there talking about gun control when they didn't even know what took place. That there was already a law in place to stop this man, but the federal government screwed up. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
the crew, the staff at Levin TV today, I said, any of you who has legitimate a concealed carry license, I expect you to carry your weapon into work. I expect you to carry a weapon. I don't mean wave it around, put it on your desk. I expect it to be holstered, but I expect you to bring your weapon to work. I would strongly encourage religious institutions across this country, particularly religious institutions where some of these mass murders seem to be taking place. You should have individuals among your congregants who have concealed carry permits. In some states, you don't have to even conceal them. Carry permits. To bring their weapons. To bring their weapon. Not to flash them around and so forth. If you have a concealed carry, or I should say a carry permit, you know how to handle yourself. You've been through training. I strongly believe this. I strongly believe it. I believe it because I believe in being humane and compassionate. That's why. I'll be right back. If you turn off your radio and open the window, you can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. By the way, it's Jim Vo- uh, Jill Vogel. Jill Vogel, not, not Volpe. It's Vogel who's running for... Uh, Lieutenant Governor. Look, I don't want to have a debate all night about gun control. Didn't we do this the other day? I'll take a few calls on this, but we're going to move along because the gun control headbangers, there's no stopping them. Mike, Clifton, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Yeah, Mark? Mike, are you Mike? Yes, I am. Can you lower your radio, please? I am. I'm sorry. All right, let's no, go. Just, just one small comment, Mark. What, what... Are you against banning anything that's like a rifle assault type of weapon? Like, for instance, I know that grenades are are banned, uh, bazookas. Why not anything that shoots more than one bullet at a time? If you're a hunter, you're you know you you like your. What, what if you if if you want to get something that shoots more than one bullet at a time, you got to get a special federal license from the Treasury Department. Do you even understand what a semi-automatic weapon is? Shoots more than one at a time. No, it doesn't. You got to pull the trigger each time a bullet comes out. Did you know that? I just no. I just wanted to say that comment because I'm pro guns, but you're not listening to me. Have you ever fired a semi-automatic weapon? No, I have not. Okay. A machine gun. You keep your finger. Listen to me. I'm educating you. Okay, so you really can understand this a little better. If you pull your finger on a trigger and the bullets just keep coming kind of automatically, that's an automatic weapon, and that requires a special federal license and an extensive process that you go through with the Treasury Department. All the other weapons are called semi-automatic weapons. They're not assault rifles. They're not assault weapons because the vast majority of people, the overwhelming majority of people who own them aren't assaulting anyone. You have to press the trigger each time for a bullet to come out. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm telling you this and the nation this because there's a lot of propaganda from reporters who don't know weapons or who don't care. Same with left-wing New England-type politicians. But there are many men and women who don't live in Boston or Providence, Rhode Island, 
or any major city in the Northeast or in California or Washington State and uh, Portland and so forth. They may live in Wyoming or Montana or Alaska. They may live in Colorado or Texas, states that have significant gun ownership, or Pennsylvania. And the people there understand this. If you want to get an automatic weapon, it is an arduous process, and the federal government has to specifically issue a license to you. None of the mass murders that have occurred have resulted as, uh, from automatic weapons. None of them. Semi-automatic. Semi-automatic weapons is you pull the trigger and the bullet comes out. You pull the trigger and the bullet comes out. You pull the faster you pull the trigger, the faster the bullet comes out. Okay? Well, I'm a gun owner myself. I have well, what do you a own? handgun. I have, what do you a, have a Ruger, a 38 Ruger, which I've had for 30 years. Okay. When That's I your decision. It, That's what you want. No, but I, I just think that they have to put a stop on certain, you know. No, I they just, don't have to put a stop on certain you know. The man who shot the killer in Texas had an AR-15. Do you know what most AR-15s are used for, sir? Deer hunting. And because they look like a military weapon, because that's the way they're blinged out, people like Dianne Feinstein and others lie about them. That's why they say we need to outlaw military-style weapons. If you wanted to buy, Mike, a military-style weapon today, you cannot buy one legally Again, unless you go through the Treasury Department if you want an automatic weapon. Uh, you perhaps can buy one on the black market. Sometimes they're shipped into here illegally by the Chinese and the Russians and so forth. They're not manufactured in the United States for the civilian population. That's why they call it a military-style weapon. You notice they'll never say a military weapon. You see the difference? Yeah, everything is in the wording, you know. Everything is in the wording. But the wording... It is the reality, because what's happening now is we're dealing with tons of propaganda. And in the case of the mass murder in Texas, uh, the special investigation unit at the air base in New Mexico did not enter his conviction into the database. There's nothing that would have stopped him. Nothing. And yet if they had followed the federal registration law, maybe he would have been stopped. But I suspect not. Because if you're as evil as this man, maybe you burn the church down and lock the door. Maybe you blow it up. Maybe you take a truck and the parishioners are out on the, the front of the church and you drive over 25 of them. We just saw that done by in, uh, in, uh, in, in New York. So, I mean, the fact is people want solutions. People say, fix that, fix that, fix that. And the politicians are more than happy to say, give me your liberty, give me your liberty. Change the Constitution. Give me more power. Give me more power, and I'll fix it. The same politicians who won't secure the border, the same politicians who can't balance the budget, the same politicians who lie to us about a tax cut that's a tax increase, the same politicians who want illegal immigration in this country, the same politicians who eviscerate the military, trash law enforcement, those politicians, now we're supposed to believe them, the same politicians who've destroyed our health care system, every damn thing they touch turns into crap. Now, the fact of the matter is, this was a federal government blunder in terms of identifying this man. You don't put the date in the database, like I said yesterday, then the date is not in the database. And these guys, these, these gun stores that sold this man these weapons, they went to the database, they did what they were supposed to do, and the feds let them down. And the feds let us all down. 
Now, so what we're going to do? Pass another law and do what? The next step is going to be now they're going to sue. Because All right, thanks for your here. call. Whatever. Just pointing out. Just pointing it out. Brian, Columbia, South Carolina, the great WVOC. Go. Uh, yes, um, Mr. Lynn. Um, I'm a 20, uh, 20-year law enforcement veteran um, specializing in domestic violence. And you, you mentioned something a while ago about the background of this shooter. And uh, something I want to point out based on this 15, 20 years of research nationally is that these mass shooters, if you look into the background, almost mm-hmm. all of them have a history of domestic violence um, accompanied with um, strangulation assaults. And um, mm-hmm. information that came out on this shooter uh, points directly to that. So he is fitting um, the research that has been built over the last 15 or 20 years. This guy was – there were indicators uh, that were not followed up on, and those those misconduct charges in the Air Force should have been filed as felonies, mm-hmm. um, take, taking away the, the uh, dishonorable discharge. Well, it's the equivalent of a felony, and if it had been – no, they were supposed to report it, as are all the service branches, to the FBI to put it on the NCIS, on the national database. It's treated as a felony, and he's not permitted to purchase a weapon. They failed to do it. That's what happened. But um, but these background and these histories uh, point uh, I call them a warning shot. They point out um, what domestic is violence. If you're right, if you're if you're going to beat up your wife or beat up your kids, the likelihood is you're a very violent person who's going to hurt other people. You might find this interesting too: is that 80 percent of um, offenders that get into a lethal force incident where they shoot a police officer or an mm-hmm. officer has to use lethal force. Um, 80% of those individuals have a domestic violence history as well. So it just, if you're willing to harm your intimate partner, you're willing to harm anybody. Yeah, you're right. Makes sense. Thank you, officer. We appreciate it. Retired officer there. Angus King is an independent from Maine, which means he's a left-wing kook who pretends to be independent because they like that in Maine. The left-wing kooks in Maine like to pretend they're independent. Independent from what? Independent from common sense, of course. So they bring this clown on with another clown. Who says the circus is dead? It's right there on MSLSD. And who's the ringmaster? The morning schmo and, of course, the lovely Mrs. Schmo. And the morning schmo even has the red nose for, for the gig. And I want you to listen to Angus King and his great knowledge about weapons. Cut four, go. We can continue to refine and improve the background check. Right, let, let, let's stop right there. We can continue to refine and improve the background check. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, you can't refine it and improve it if the information is not provided. Government to government. Right? Air Force to FBI. So this guy's a clown. Right off the bat, he's a moron. How would you improve, refine and improve the background check? Does he even own a weapon? Maybe he does. He sounds like an idiot. Go ahead. We can continue to refine and improve the background check. We found a gap in it in this case. Let's fix that with the military. Secondly, they didn't we need to find a gap in this case. It's not a gap. It's a failure. It's a. Fa- it's not a gap. Go ahead. 
the loopholes that are in the background check system, such as uh, gun show, the so-called gun show loophole. What about the gun show loophole? Tell me, ladies and gentlemen, how many people have been killed as a result of the gun show loophole? I've talked about this before. How many people have been killed as a result of the gun show loophole? They seem the sound. You close that loophole, baby, we're all set. What that means is, and it doesn't have to be a gun show, a father gives a weapon that's been in the family to his son or a mother to the daughter. Or I've got a, a gun, I've had it for some time, and I sell it to my neighbor. The statistics demonstrate, the facts demonstrate, but these are deniers. They don't care. They're propagandists. They're demagogues. Less than 1% of all murders in this country, it's a fraction of a fraction, result from handguns acquired that way. Period. And the vast majority of handgun deaths are suicide. We've talked about the vast majority. The gun, hole, the gun show loophole will solve nothing. It won't stop the 601 murders that have reportedly occurred in Chicago this year. Yes, you heard me, 601. It wouldn't have shot, stopped this mass murder in this church in Texas. It wouldn't have stopped the guy on the 32nd floor of the hotel in Las Vegas. These guys have no solutions. They have no fixes. But they want you to think they do. They pretend. They pretend. And the media types out there promote it too. They promote it too. They talk about magazine sizes. This nut job, this barbarian, this subhuman went into that church with 15 magazines. 15. The size of the magazines, he brought in 15 magazines. The guy in Las Vegas was there, what, for a week, five days, bringing up duffel bags, gym bags, suitcases filled with ammo. The size of the magazine is of no consequence. Aren't you sick of hearing all this? I'm sick of talking about it, but, I mean, if I don't push back, who the hell's going to push back? You know, it's David versus Goliath. Goliath out there, day in and day out. These massive media platforms, they just lie. Like the poor gentleman who called me a couple calls ago, or maybe it was the last call, from New Jersey. We should limit guns to one bullet at a time, which we've essentially done. Oh, I didn't know that. Because they call them assault weapons, that's why. Or semi-automatic weapons. So you believe that they're automatic weapons and they're military weapons. That's why politicians use the phrase military-style weapons. Style, not military weapons. The look is a copy. The function is not a copy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. These God-fearing Christians were in church. They were already praying. Thoughts and prayers didn't stop a troubled person from buying assault-grade weapons that took the lives of 26 people. Thoughts and prayers are not going to stop the next mass shooting. Every time lawmakers have sent their thoughts, they've sent their prayers, they've sent their condolences. So what's been done? Not a lot. 
uh, we see a pattern uh, in elected officials saying uh, we need to send our thoughts and prayers to the families, to the victims, uh, but then not proposing any action. There are thoughts and prayers, and yet no laws get passed. Thoughts and prayers are not even close to enough. Right now, these thoughts and prayers and sympathies have become a, a, a mask for an action. Mm-hmm. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that hero who pulled out his AR-15, that if these politicians and media types had their way, would be illegal. Um, he had thoughts, he had prayers, and he had a rifle. And he stopped the killer. It's amazing to me. I suspect, I know for a fact, that many of the poor souls who were dragged into those concentration camps in the Third Reich, in these various countries, rounded up, put on cattle cars and so forth, I'm sure they prayed a lot. Should they not have prayed? I'm sure the Yazidis that have been brutalized by ISIS, I'm sure they prayed a lot. There's evil in this world. And there's people of faith. Things don't always turn out the way we want them to turn out. But these politicians and these media types, they're telling you, forget about praying, that's not enough. Either you embrace their ideology, you embrace their policies, or evil will prevail. Now this is about as sick as it gets. And the reason these politicians and media types speak the way that they do is they're not people really of faith. They don't really practice a religion for the most part. Well, that's not true either. They are people of faith and they do practice a religion. It's called progressivism. So in a sense, really, if you don't surrender your faith for their faith, their faith in men and only certain men, women and only certain women, then there's something wrong with you. Now, many of these politicians are the same politicians who voted to arm Iran with nuclear warheads. Oh, I know, not today, but in 10 years. And they claim to support gun control. They don't even support nuclear arms control. You know, as we approach the one-year anniversary of the launch of CRTV, Conservative Review TV, the nation's fastest-growing digital network, we've been more steadfast in our mission to provide you the most thought-provoking and patriotic TV platform available anywhere. And this is why we work so hard to bring you almost 200 episodes of Levin TV each year. And you can watch them all, current and previous, with your incredibly affordable subscription to CRTV. You can also watch Phil Robertson's new and fantastic and completely unfiltered show, In the Woods with Phil. That's not enough. There's new features like the CRTV White House Brief, the Morning Grinders, the hilarious Get Off My Lawn, and a lot more, like our buddy Steve Crowder, our dear friend Michelle Malkin, and so forth. All these programs are in stunning high definition, 100% commercial-free, and all available to you anytime, 24-7. And they're very, very professionally done. I should know. I do it every day. It's time to start binge-watching programs you can feel good about. And you can start doing that today, right now, by signing up at CRTV.com. That's CRTV.com. Or, if you're in your car, dial 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Virginia, if you're in your car, get in the line at your precinct immediately. 
Once you're in line, you get to vote. You got four minutes to get in line. Four minutes, and your vote really might make the difference in a close election. We'll be keeping an eye on New Jersey. We'll be keeping an eye on Virginia and other places throughout the course of the evening as information comes in. As I know the nation, all of you are interested. And we've got much, much more. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The president is on a crucially important foreign trip that's taking in the Philippines, Japan, South Korea, Vietnam, and China, countries in the Pacific, countries that encircle North Korea. We've got three aircraft carrier groups, fleets, in the Pacific. That's an enormous naval presence. We've got at least one nuclear attack submarine in the same area. We've moved our heavy bombers much, much closer into the area. We've moved more bombers into Guam. I think we've also moved more bombers into Japan. Um, we'll see how that goes. In the meantime, in the Middle East, Iran continues to provoke countries in that in that region of the world. I am certainly no special pleader for the uh, inbreds who run Saudi Arabia. But at least for now, uh, they're in alliance with the most of the other Arab Gulf states. They're in a quiet, really unreported alliance with Israel to some extent, some limited extent, because they all see the danger, and the danger is Iran. Iran is... Uh, Working with Russia, Russia is going to build yet another nuclear power site, sure, for Iran, because it needs cash. Iran has taken over big chunks of Syria. Iran has taken over big chunks of the Iraqi military. Iran has overthrown the government in Yemen with its uh, terrorist militia uh, appendages. Iran's Hezbollah is destroying what's left of Lebanon. So Iran is on the move. And all these gun control Democrats, who are absolutely nonsensical and incoherent, uh, supported, voted for, in Congress, the Iran deal. The Iran deal, which ensures that Iran will have nuclear warheads within 10 years, and, of course, it excluded ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles. All these phony gun control types apparently have no problem with nuclear proliferation because they voted for nuclear proliferation in the hands of one of the most vile, dangerous regimes on the face of the earth. That's why when I hear these fools, like little Dick Durbin, like this clown Murphy from Connecticut, 
like the idiot uh, Gillibrand from New York, and all of them go on and on about gun control. When will we stop this? How will we fix it? Well, on the other hand, they voted to arm Iran with nuclear weapons. I don't care how they spin it. I don't care how they pretend otherwise. I don't care how they defend it. The facts are the facts. Now, President Trump is in Seoul, South Korea, trying to deal with North Korea, and I hope China, and this nitwit from NBC News thinks she's got him. She's got. She's going to ask him a question, you see, a real gotcha question. And she's so proud of herself, she's got this Cheshire cat smile, and she sits down, I got him, I got him. She didn't get him, she got it instead. Cut one, go. You've talked about wanting to put extreme vetting on people trying to come into the United States. But I wonder if you would consider extreme vetting for people trying to buy a gun. So let's stop right there. So we need extreme vetting, extreme vetting for Americans trying to buy a gun. Not just vetting, extreme vetting. But people coming into the country who we don't know from dangerous places all over the world, she opposes extreme vetting. Let's be honest. What does the president say? Go ahead. And to what? Buy a gun. Well, you know, you're bringing up a situation that probably shouldn't be discussed too much right now. We could let a little time go by, but it's okay if you feel that that's an appropriate question, even though we're the heart of South Korea. I will certainly answer your question. Uh, if you did what you're suggesting, there would have been no difference three days ago. And you might not have had that very brave person who happened to have a gun or a rifle in his truck go out and shoot him and hit him and neutralize him. And I can only say this, if he didn't have a gun, instead of having 26 dead, he would have had hundreds more dead. So that's the way I feel about it. And are you not going to help? And are you considering any kind of gun control policy going forward? And you forward? look at these, the so stop. She didn't even hear what he said, and she obviously doesn't even comprehend what took place. That uh, the information on this uh, this barbarian, this subhuman, wasn't placed into the uh, FBI database, the National Federal Database. It doesn't matter to her. She's going to keep plowing ahead because she's an idiot. Go ahead gun laws in our nation is Chicago, mm -hmm. and Chicago is a disaster. It's a total disaster. Just remember, if this man didn't have a gun or a rifle, you'd be talking about a much worse situation in the great state of Texas. Thank you. And he had an AR-15, which is the real target, the focus of the left, for reasons I don't understand. Maybe it's because millions of Americans, or at least hundreds of thousands, own an AR-15. Nothing particularly special about it. But look, if you're a nitwit, you don't really understand weapons, you don't shoot them, or maybe you shot them once, or whatever, you don't take the time to learn about it. Look, this is a cause celeb for these people. It's like uh, worshipping idols. Gun control is like worshipping idols. And progressivism is the religion. That's all. It's that simple. That's what we're fighting against. They pretend to have more knowledge. They have no knowledge. They pretend to use facts. They never use facts. They're liars. Or just nitwits. They claim we're the deniers, when in fact, they're the flat earthers. Not us. They are.
And so I'm done with this. I don't want to take any more calls on it today. There's a very big story, ladies and gentlemen, a very big story at Fox News. Catherine Herridge, who I'm a big fan of, Pamela Brown, uh, Sid Upson, don't know him or her, but it doesn't matter. I want you to listen to this. The co-founder of Fusion GPS, the firm behind the unverified Trump dossier, listen, met with a Russian lawyer, this is breaking, met with a Russian lawyer before and after a key meeting she had last year with Donald Trump Jr., Fox News has learned. Okay, let's think about that first sentence. So the co-founder of this Fusion GPS, which was set up, or which was used first by the Free Beacon, but later by the Hillary campaign, the DNC, and their front man, this Mark Elias, to do dirty work, that firm behind the Trump dossier, when the Democrats funded it, that's when the Trump dossier was produced, met with a Russian lawyer before and after a key meeting she had last year with Trump's son. Do you know what we call this, ladies and gentlemen, in my view? A setup. It sore smells and sounds like a setup by this Fusion GPS at this time funded by the Democrats and the Hillary campaign. The contact shed new light. This is big on how closely tied the firm was to Russian interests at a time when it was financing research to discredit then-candidate Donald Trump. How closely tied Fusion GPS was to Russian interests at a time when it was financing research to discredit then-candidate Donald Trump. You know, I've been telling you for months that the real, the real scenario here is that the Russians wanted Hillary Clinton. They wanted Hillary Clinton. And why wouldn't they? They got 20% of America's uranium via Hillary Clinton. She's a pushover. She's a joke. Why in the hell would they want her defeated for President of the United States? They would want her elevated. Maybe they get 30% of America's uranium. What the hell? We don't know. Congressional Republicans have since questioned whether that politically financed research contributed to the FBI's investigation of Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. I don't think there's any question about it at this point. Not when Comey comes in by himself, holding a summary of that dossier, and discussing it with Trump. I don't think there's any question that the FBI based some of its investigation on that, and even more that the FBI, until it got caught, uh, wanted to use Christopher Steele and uh, Fusion GPS, perhaps, to continue its investigation. I think the senior level of the FBI wanted to defeat Trump and wanted Hillary Clinton to be president of the United States. And the deputy FBI director, who's still there, McCabe, his wife, a big-time Democrat, supported with over half a million dollars through, uh, through the Democrat governor of Virginia's uh, campaign organizations. That would be McAuliffe. I mean, I, I don't know how you can miss this. The June 2016 Trump Tower meeting involved Donald Trump Jr. and Russian lawyer Natalia, whatever her name is. Excuse me. It occurred during a critical period 
At that time, Fox News has learned that bank records show Fusion GPS was paid by a law firm for work on behalf of a Kremlin-linked oligarch. Listen, Fusion GPS was paid by a law firm for work on behalf of a Kremlin-linked oligarch while paying a former British spy, Christopher Steele, to dig up dirt on Trump through his Russian context. So Fusion GPS sounds like it's all smeared up with the Russians. Simpson's presence with the Russian lawyer, this is the co-founder of Fusion GPS, the former Wall Street Journal reporter, Simpson. His presence with the Russian lawyer during this critical week in June, together with revelations about Fusion's simultaneous financial ties to the DNC, Clinton campaign, and Russian interests, raised new questions about the company's role in the 2016 election. Tell me, are any of these quote-unquote bipartisan Democrats interested in digging into this? How about Mark Warner? For those of you outside of Virginia who may not be familiar with him, he's the guy with Tourette's. Well, Mr. Bipartisan Mark Warner, want to get to the bottom of this? How about Adam Schiffless? Adam Schiffless. You think Adam Schiffless on the House Intelligence Committee will want to get to the bottom of this? Do you think the bipartisan media over there at CNN, the Constipated News Network, you think they want to get to the bottom of this? Wolf Blitzer? Brian Stelzer? And Don Lemon? And whomever, how about the conga line of left-wing kooks over there at MSLSD? Starting with the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo. Think they want to get to the bottom of this? I think not. Special Counsel Robert Mueller is investigating the Trump Tower meeting as part of his probe of Russian interference in last year's election. Simpson and Fusion GPS were hired by Baker Hostetler, which represented, listen, Russian firm... Prevazon through the Russian lawyer. The Russian lawyer has said she sought the Trump Tower meeting in order to lobby the candidate's team against Russian sanctions. But the initial approach included an offer of compromising information on candidate Clinton. So, just to recap and put this in plain English. Fusion GPS. Its co-founder, this guy Simpson, former reporter for the Wall Street Journal. He met with the Russian lawyer before and after. The Russian lawyer met with Don Trump Jr. and the others. Got that? Fusion GPS Simpson met with the Russian lawyer before and after. She met with Donald Trump Jr. In my humble opinion, it's a setup. I don't have all the facts, but these are a lot there's a lot of information. A lot of information. Lawyers representing Fusion and the Russian lawyer did not respond to requests for comment lodged today. Or on Friday, I should say. Senate Judiciary Committee investigators interviewed Simpson for more than 10 hours on August 22. A spokesman for the committee had no comment. Well, that's helpful. The DNC and Clinton hired, her campaign, hired Fusion on April 2016 through lawyer Mark Elias, who was general counsel for the Clinton campaign. Fusion, in turn, paid Steele $168,000 for the dossier. Now we know the money. Memos 
from which were shared with the FBI in the summer of 2016. Fusion officials said last week Steele's money came from $1.02 million it received in fees and expenses from Elias' law firm, Perkins Coy. I know it's cooey. I don't care. Prior to contracting with the DNC, Fusion had been conducting research into Trump and other Republican candidates on behalf of the Washington Free Beacon. Now, let's just explain this again in plain English. Hillary Clinton and the DNC simultaneously, interesting, hire Mark Elias, who's already general counsel of the Hillary Clinton campaign. They hire him, and he hires Fusion GPS. He's a pass-through in order to try and cover their tracks. He's a bagman. Fusion GPS hires Christopher Steele, the ex-British spy. He, in turn, works with apparatchiks in the Kremlin to get information on Donald Trump for this so-called dossier. That information is shared with the FBI and served as a basis for their investigation into Donald Trump and Trump world. And now we're learning that Fusion GPS, that Mr. Simpson, according to this report, knew the lawyer who Donald Trump Jr. met with, and met with that lawyer before and after Donald Trump Jr. and Manafort and others met with the Russian lawyer. That smells like a setup to me. I'll be right back. Virginia to know what's going on in Virginia, quite frankly. So I want to get back to this because this is really incredible. Really incredible. The the layers of deceit and the layers of uh, a really diabolical political activity on the Democrat side with the Hillary Clinton campaign. You, you pull one layer up and there's something else. So why would uh, Mr. Simpson of Fusion GPS be meeting with the Russian lawyer, the woman, who met with Donald Trump Jr. and Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort? You remember that so-called infamous meeting where nothing actually happened, but they were supposed to get dirt on Hillary, according to the Russian lawyer. Why would she be meeting with Simpson of Fusion GPS before that meeting and after that meeting? If not to be coached, and then afterwards, if he's not to be debriefed. Seriously. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, speaking to the four out of five Americans who are literate at 877-381-3811. In the Commonwealth of Virginia, what's going on here is the urbanization of Northern Virginia plus the really enormous influx in terms of immigration, both from out of the country and in the country. Now, what do I mean by that? People fleeing blue states, coming into Virginia, fleeing Maryland and D.C. into Northern Virginia and voting Democrat. So they leave these areas because they want lower taxes, so forth and so on, and they come into these areas and they vote for more taxes. 
It's an ideology, progressivism. It's a religion. And also the individuals who are imported into this state, and they have children and so forth, and over time, uh, many of them become citizens, and the vast majority vote Democrat. About 20 years ago, I lived in the biggest county in the state. It's an enormous county. It's over 1 million people. It's Fairfax County, Virginia. And the state was marginally Republican. I mean, the county was marginally Republican. The county now is Democrat. I live in a county now, Loudoun County. It's the fastest growing county in the state and perhaps the country. It is marginally Democrat, but now and then votes Republican. So when you have this high population concentration in this part of the state called Northern Virginia, you have to have an enormous turnout in the ex-exburbs, even beyond the usual ex, the ex-exburbs, and in the rural parts of the state. And it's reached a point where there just are not enough voters in these other parts of the state to win. So you need to somehow figure out how to persuade people in northern Virginia to vote for you or persuade fewer of them to turn out. And a big part of this problem also is so many people are reliant on big government. Not everybody, but a lot. So this once dark red state that Reagan won with massive landslides twice went for Barack Obama, elected Terry McAuliffe, governor, elected Tim Kaine, senator, elected Mark Warner, senator. This sort of thing is happening all over the country. Not exactly, but enough. When George Bush, George W. Bush, said the other day he might be the last Republican president, slapping at Trump and so forth. If he is the last so-called Republican president, it's due to people like him who have tolerated open borders and then supported open borders and then support amnesty and then they pretend that people from all over the world are going to vote Republican. Actually, most of them will vote Democrat because the Democrats appeal to people who are not assimilated into our culture, into our constitution, into our declaration, into our mindset. Which is why the Democrats support tribalization. They support balkanization. Rich against poor, old against young, you name it. They race bait. They religion bait. They do all these things. And in this race in Virginia, I'm just telling you the entire country, they went back to their formula. And their formula is race baiting. And their formula is scare tactics. They cannot tell the truth. It's visceral, but it's also in their DNA. But even more, it's in their political calculation. They're not going to tell you what they have planned for a state or for a country. Because many people were rejected, even Democrats. Not activist Democrats, not radical Democrats. Old school, more mainstream Democrats would reject it. So they try and conceal it. And their challenge always is how to appeal to their kook left-wing base while at the same time not losing their blue-collar Democrats. 
And so they lie. That's what they do. Um, let's see here. We have votes coming in. Oh, boy. 16% of the precincts fully reporting. The Democrat, 50.1%. His name's Ralph Northam. Ed Gillespie, 48.8%. I don't know where these votes are coming from right now. Ah, yes. See, here's Loudoun County, Virginia. This is where I live. One of the wealthiest counties in the country. One of the fastest growing counties in the country. And so far, about 28,000 people voted for the Democrat and a little over 19,000 people voted for Gillespie. So what's that tell you? What's that tell you? I don't know how this is going to end up. And the Democrat is lousy, just like McAuliffe, lousy, Kane, Warner. These are, these are like third-tier politicians, rotten, lousy politicians. But the goo-goo-gaga crowd is with us now. What do I mean by that? People who go into the voting booth and they vote Democrat. Goo-goo-gaga, goo-goo-gaga, where's the Democrat? Yeah, I went the Democrat ballot. Uh, Democrat, Democrat. I want freebies, uh, free education. I, I, I want freebies. I want free, uh, free this, free that. Now, Fox is reporting with 19% of the votes in. Gillespie is 50%. And Northam, the Democrat, 49%. So when I said in the last hour, the first hour of this program, that people in Virginia, if you listen to me, you needed to vote. You really needed to vote. No question about that. Thanksgiving is two weeks away. Man, do I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I told you before. I go to New Jersey, my in-laws, my wife, and uh, they all like to cook. It's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing for somebody, A, who doesn't like to cook, B, who doesn't know how to cook. But C, likes to eat, especially turkey. It's even better than that. Most of them like dark meat. Can you believe that? I like the white meat. So there's more turkey, white meat for me. Because they're mostly eating the dark meat. Pretty interesting, isn't it? And... Uh, so they're cooking away and cooking away. I'll tell you what's amazing. There's only two burners in this house. What do you call them? Stovetop burners? I don't know. I told you I don't cook. There's two of them. I don't know how you kick, cook for 20 people, 22 people with just two stovetop cookers. Well, they use the oven. They have, well, of course there's an oven, but they do different things, right? I know that much. But it doesn't matter to me. I sneak out of the room. Everybody's talking to one another. And I go off on my own. And then ultimately my wife texts me and she says, you're being antisocial. Please come down. (laughs) Well, it could be that I am antisocial. You never know. Social rhymes with socialist. Get it? But anyway, uh, so it's a lot of fun. They like to cook and I like to eat. Now, here's the other problem, Mr. Producer, and country. I eat pretty fast. They like to dine. I like to eat. But I do hang around. I do enjoy it very, very much. It really is a family time, isn't it? 
I just wish more of my family was there. You know, my kids are across the country. My parents are across the country. But we do the best we can. Which is pretty good. I have to think Thanksgiving may be my favorite. Maybe my favorite. Because of the food, the camaraderie. And by the way, there are no liberals in my family. Well, there are some, but I don't talk to them. I haven't talked to them for decades. I don't even want to know them. Don't know what the hell they're doing. But the family members who matter, there are no liberals. So the debates are among conservatives, libertarians, nationalist populists, constitutionalists. It's intriguing. It's intriguing. It really is. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because Thanksgiving is two weeks away. Are you worried everyone will notice those bags under your eyes? Droopy eyelids that just keep getting worse? Introducing the brand new Genesel Eye Lift for tighter, brighter, and younger looking eyes. Here's Mary from Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't believe everything I hear. So I tried this eye lift on my right eye. The next day at work, everybody said my right eye looked better. I couldn't believe it. So ladies and gentlemen, Chamonix's best sale of the year just got better. Until Thanksgiving, order Genesel treatment for bags and puffiness and get the brand new Genesel eyelid lift absolutely free. And for results in 12 hours, the Genesel immediate effects is also free. Call 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. Plus, call in the next 20 minutes and you'll also get the Esotique RF Collagen Builder and the Deep Firming Serum absolutely free with your order. 800-SKIN-604, that's four bestsellers, absolutely free with your order while supplies last, so you need to hurry. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604 or Genesel.com. Well, there you have it. Let's take a call, shall we? Tony, Tampa, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. Go. How you doing, sir? I'm lovely. Thank you. Mr. Levin, first of all, I would like to say uh, thank you. I really enjoy listening to your show. And it's actually good to listen to someone who is intelligent speak. Um, uh, this whole thing about, you know, Republican and Democrat, I wish there could just be a party that is American, you know. Uh, we need to start making decisions that benefit the American population. Um, well, I agree with you. And uh, the Democrat Party is fundamentally transforming Americans, so you can't really call that pro-America. No. It, They're fundamentally transforming America, then uh, they want to fundamentally change it, and that is uh, repulsive. It's unconscionable. The Republican Party is fundamentally transforming America, too, but they pretend that they're not. They pretend tax increases or tax cuts. Uh, they pretend that uh, initiative and success are defined as redistribution of wealth. I've had it with them and their phony tax cuts. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a wealthy man, and, and uh, God knows I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, but I would, you know, I mean, as far as tax increases, I'll give everything I have if it benefits the greater population of America. No, 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 no. Who's going to define the greatest population of America benefiting them? You do that and they'll rob you of every cent you have. 
Well, unfortunately, that that's correct. Um, and that's what I, you know, it, it, it's come to a point where... By the way, I want to thank all the idiots in Loudoun County where I live. All the idiots for turning out and voting for the Democrat. I just wish their taxes would go through the roof and mine wouldn't. Do you know what I'm saying, sir? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I All do. right. Thank you for your call, Tony. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. percent of the votes in in uh, Virginia Gillespie 49.6 percent Ralph Northam the Democrat 49.3 percent here's the problem so far time will tell this um, Fairfax County is only what is it Mr. Producer let's see taking a look it's got uh, five of 244 precincts reporting, and of course, Northam has uh, over 58% of the vote there. Now, that's a big population center, so we'll have to see what happens. My dumbass county, excuse my French, uh, the Democrat is 45,000, and Gillespie has 30,000. Where should I move, Mr. Producer? Where should I move? Should I move to Florida? I mean, what, what should I do? Scandinavia. You out of your mind? I don't know, but this, uh, I can't stomach this stuff. Just can't, I, these, these, I don't like being surrounded by fools. You know, friends, it's hard to believe that 2017 is almost over. Time doesn't stand still, so don't waste another minute. Join AMAC right now. AMAC is the Association of Mature American Citizens. It is the leading conservative voice for Americans age 50 and up. And they are resolved to continue their mission to restore America's moral compass, to make America a better place for our children, and to save America from the left. As an AMAC member, you'll also gain access to a variety of exclusive benefits and discounts that will help you save a lot of money, from car insurance and Medicare plans, the discounts on hotels and car rentals and more. AMAC is the organization to join. A voice for conservatives in Washington, exceptional benefits. you got to love this organization. Join AMAC now at www.amac.us. That's www.amac.us. Or call AMAC. They have a toll-free number, 888-262-2006. That's 888-262-2006. The Association of Mature American Citizens, the benefits are great, but the cause is even greater. You can join AMAC today. All right, let's take some calls, shall we? Yes, we shall. Uh, let us go to Wallace, Clayton, Georgia. How are you, sir? I'm doing real good, sir. Appreciate everything you do. And uh, you. you're welcome to come on down here anytime, and we'll take you in. Pretend you ain't ain't Yankee or nothing. Hold on now. Do you got really good, you know, uh, barbecue? I'm telling you, we do. That's and where I, that's where I go, sure. baby. <laughs> well, tell, well, hold on now. What's the what's the great food in your community? Anything southern that's cooked with bacon. There you go. All right, I'm there. <laughs> All right, go right ahead. Thank you. 
All right, sir. Uh, on this uh, investigation with the Russians, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Bill Clinton himself was not the one who did all those awful things with them ladies of the evening that they accused Trump of. <laughs> I bet what, you're right. That's what that's what those people do. And every time Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama or any of them accuse folks on the other side of something, they already done it themselves. And it may, it drives me crazy that you know I, I'm no city slicker, I'm no lawyer. But I can see through that every time, and the fact that, that the politicians don't do it and jump on it and say, oh, let's go look it up, and it'll take them about five minutes to find out that the Clintons and the Obamas and the rest of them have already done it, and now they're projecting it onto their Republicans and their, and their, uh, and their opponents and accusing them of the same things that they've already done, and they've got to be laughing all the way to the bank. In this case, the Clinton Foundation, as they accuse others of the sins and the evils that they have committed themselves. It mm -hmm. makes me crazy, sir. Well, you're certainly right when it comes to the morality, the prostitutes and all. Bill Clinton's probably saying, there, what's the problem? All right, my brother, I appreciate your call. I'm looking at the uh, county breakouts, and it's very much as predicted in Virginia. I'm, I'm thinking the whole country. I'm thinking all of you are interested in this. Um, a lot of the uh, distant rural areas, their numbers haven't come in yet. Uh, I just hope there's another peop enough people in those areas to make a difference. The uh, northern Virginia counties and northern Virginia seems to expand in terms of which counties they take over. The the blue uh, spread just keeps spreading and spreading. Uh I don't know how this is going to turn out. We'll know more in the next hour. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let me update you. The race in New Jersey, uh, the polls have closed. Is that not correct, Mr. Producer? 9 p.m.? We're going to double-check that. Uh, we'll be off the air by the time uh, those polls close, more than likely. I want to make sure I'm right before I start talking about it. But in Virginia, uh, with 48% of the precincts fully reporting, the Democrat Northam has a 50.7% lead over Ed Gillespie, the Republican, with 48.2%. So the turnout, apparently, in Northern Virginia was significantly more than it was in 2013 when the Democrat McAuliffe won. All right, so New Jersey has closed. Phil Murphy, the Democrat, has announced the winner. Imagine running as a Republican there. You know, I know Christie won, but Christie is really despised in New Jersey now, and I understand it. But the, some of these states, for the most part, are one-party states. Um, 
So that's where we are. When we know more, I will let you know. In the meantime, you know, and I've got all these news articles here. Aren't you sick of the news? I, I don't want to do them right now. I'm going to take calls. That's what I'm going to do. Get ready, Mr. Call Screener. Ben, Quincy, Illinois, the great WTAD. This is Caller Hour America. This is your hour fully. Let's put it that way. Go right ahead. Hey, Margaret, it's great to talk to you. Uh, I was listening to you earlier talking about how people are fleeing from Maryland and D.C. and moving into northern Virginia. And you notice it's happening all over the country. The people are fleeing from blue states, going to red states. And, and, then, de- and then destroying the red states. I'm sorry? And then many of them are destroying the red states. Exactly. Well, they move there because they want lower taxes and less regulations. They bring their ideas with them, and they're garbage ideas. And it just—it seems like people aren't moving from red states to blue states. People are leaving blue states in droves because their policies are terrible. Well, both types of people are leaving blue states, people who are conservative and people who are leftists. But the leftists don't learn their lesson. They come into these red states, and they continue their voting patterns. Uh, and also, we have another problem here in Northern Virginia with developers. Developers here will do anything, anything for a nickel. So you have really an area called Tyson's Corner, which is completely urbanized now. And there are others, too. It's nothing to do with race. It has to do with concentrated populations, and they tend to vote Democrat. And uh, you've got it there. You've got it in other areas, Reston, Virginia, which... Uh, is becoming urbanized, too. And again, by urbanized, I mean uh, population-wise. And they vote more and more Democrat. And that's what's happening. And these developers, many of whom are Republicans, just don't give a damn. They just don't give a damn. So they build these expensive condominiums. So you get you know, wealthy liberals coming out of the cities and so forth. Then they build these dirt-poor apartment houses, uh, buildings. So you have other people coming into these communities. It, it, again... The point is you have Democrats moving into these communities. Yeah. All right, sir. Ben, I appreciate your call all the way in Illinois. Let's go to Tony in Luray, Virginia. You've heard of the, the Luray Caverns. They're wonderful, wonderful. On the Mark Levin app, how are you? I am. I am I'm pissed, Mark. I know. I am, too. What do you want? I, you know, this county that I live in used to be Republican. Now it's so screwed up, it's not even funny. Yes, exactly. Back when, 20 years ago, it, it had cows in the, probably where you're living at. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, I don't I, know what I, to I do. could make a comment, but I'm not going to. What is yeah, it? Yeah. I, I don't know what to do. There are only so many of us, and I, I was born and raised in Prince William County. and well, I Prince got William County used to be a Republican county, and I'm looking at it tonight. And with 87% of the vote in, it's overwhelmingly for the Democrat Northam. And they used to say, look at Prince William County. I'm telling the whole country this. Look at Loudoun County. You know, if they edge Republican, the Republicans have a chance. They almost never go Republican anymore. Never more. No, not since Ronald Reagan. What and county are you in, Stafford? I am in I am in Page County, where beautiful Lou Ray Caverns yeah. is. Just and, too small. Know, Just not enough people to make a difference, I'm afraid. There are not. So what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to live? Because I can't defeat these people. You can move and into the cavern, you know. Unfortunately, I, I I can't. I'm not a mechanic, and I can't make enough money to support my family. So I have to travel down to Prince William County to work. Well, you know what, Tony? You know what a lot of people are doing. Believe it or not, they're moving to West Virginia. <laughs> West Virginia's turned into a red state. 
Well, yeah. Well, that's cool. I like, I like some of Joe Manson's things. Nah, screw him. But isn't it interesting uh, how how so many of us are now looking for areas of liberty? It's sad, isn't it? It is. It is. It's terrible. Yeah. All right, Tony. God bless you, my friend. Let's continue, shall we? David, Phoenix, Arizona, Sirius Satellite, go. Thank you for taking my call, Mark. Um, yes. Wanted to draw on your expertise all the way back to the Nixon time period. Talking about Paul Manafort for a second. Isn't the whole case going to get thrown out based on the fruit of the poisonous tree principle? Well, that's what his defense counsel is claiming. But how? But tell me the argument that the fruit of the poisonous tree. What the search of his house, of his condominium, um, rather? No, no. I go all the way back to the FISA warrant. The information to get the FISA warrant was based on bad information. That got them the wiretap. But, but that wouldn't be fruit of the poisonous tree. That wasn't illegal because you had a federal judge that sanctioned it and issued the warrant. So the fruit of the poisonous tree wouldn't apply. Then the wiretaps that got them the information for the no-knock, so... But the judge didn't cut them off. Mm. So, no, there won't... I mean, we'll see what they do, but uh, I think it's a very, very difficult, if not impossible, argument to make based on the FISA warrant. Yeah. Oh, well. And we still don't know exactly what information the judge had to issue that warrant. Probably never will know, will we? Well, but but I know, but the judge can't create the fruit of the poisonous tree. It would be the uh, law enforcement that would create it by getting something, gathering information unconstitutionally, quote, unquote. All right, David, thank you for your call, my friend. It reminds me of law school days. Kelly, Waterford, Michigan, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Hi. Um, Thank you so much for all you do for all your Levinites, because we would be so lost without you. So So you don't think I should retire next year? Um, I can understand why you would want to, but, oh, my God, we would be so lost without you. No, no, I've got a lifetime deal here. I'm not, I couldn't leave if I wanted to, and I don't please, want to, by the way. Please do not, but I can understand why you would. So I want to, I, there's something I want to ask because I'm confused. Yes. Um, I don't, if, I don't under, understand why Mueller won't investigate what is blatant and obvious corruption going on? Is he part of um, a different investigative team? I know that he was head of the FBI, and then Comey took over, and he became head of the FBI. And well, let, let's let's step back and look at this. Mueller can't investigate the the issue regarding the uh, transfer of uranium to the Russians because. He knew about all that when the transfer took place. And to me, he has a lot of answering to do. Uh, So he won't investigate that. That's number one. Number two, I I seriously doubt he'll investigate Comey because they're buddies. And if he is going to investigate Comey because they're buddies, he should actually recuse himself on his own as an ethical matter. And he doesn't need the deputy attorney general, who's the acting attorney general in this case, to tell him to do so. That's number two. Uh, number three, I think that uh, they have been le- – all right. Well, they just called the Virginia race for the Democrat Ralph Northam on the Fox News Channel, and I'll tell you why. Thank you for your call, ma'am. I'm sorry, but we have breaking news here. And the reason is I keep watching, as I've been telling you, <clears throat> this county called Fairfax County. 
And a Republican, Gillespie, but any Republican, would have to build up significant numbers in other parts of the state to counter this Fairfax County. And there are only certain pockets where you can do that. The rural areas, the populations aren't large enough. And this is how they get screwed, by the way. But the current vote from Fairfax County is 27% of the precincts reporting. And uh, the Democrat, Northam, has a 26, 27,000 vote lead in that county. Uh, so that make, makes it very, very difficult. So now all the news organizations are calling it for uh, Northam. At this point, he has 51.4% of the vote. Gillespie has 47.4% of the vote. So Gillespie is four points behind, and a great deal of Fairfax County hasn't even come in yet. Now, that'll be offset to some extent by these rural towns and counties, but not enough. So Northern, Divin- Northern Virginia, the rest of the state is mostly Republican, other than a few pockets. Northern Virginia elects, I'm afraid, the uh, governors and senators in this state, and they've elected another Democrat. It's as simple as that. And I will tell you, as a conservative, Gillespie ran about as good of a campaign as you could run. He really did. And Ralph Northam, the Democrat, ran about as bad of a campaign as you could run. He flip-flopped on key issues. Uh, he was involved in a horrific ad, a really nasty ad. Um, he cut out the lieutenant governor candidate on the Democrat side from, from some campaign literature. He is an African-American, but it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to matter. So the turnout in Northern Virginia was fairly significant. And as Northern Virginia goes, it seems in many cases, so goes the rest of the state. <clears throat> and you're going to hear uh, phony experts tell you that this is a projection on what will happen to Trump. This is what's going to happen in the next election. It's not. Trump lost Virginia. He not only lost Virginia in the general election, he lost it in the Republican primary to Rubio. So I'm telling you, whatever happens in the... Uh, in the 2018 election with the House and the Senate, it, this has no consequence, none. But you won't hear that. You'll hear that this is uh, this is this is a big problem for the Republicans. And the reason the media will do this is because they know Paul Ryan and the cowards who support him will run scared. They'll move even further left. They know Mitch McConnell will analyze this and he'll do the same thing. So these candidates will move even further left, more progressive on the Republican side. That's why even now you see these phony tax cuts, and they're going to have a special bracket for millionaires. And do you really think that's going to change the result of a single vote in any of these states? Kowtowing to class warfare? Of course not. Excuse me. Of course not. So you had a very good campaign on the Republican side, by all indications. Very poor campaign on the Democrat side, and the Democrat has announced the winner. What I take from this, though, is that the 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 population changes in the country are having a significant impact on our election results. And we are... Increasingly a liberal Democrat population. And there's a number of factors. 
importing liberal Democrats from other countries. Uh, our educational system. I talked about this earlier. I don't even understand why these school boards allow uh, Monday and Tuesday off for school to to enable the teachers' unions to work the precincts. Just stupid stuff like that. And, of course, the propaganda mills and universities and colleges are propaganda mills. And it, over the course of decades, it has an effect. And furthermore, the more you grow government, particularly the federal government, the more Democrats you create. You create them in the bureaucracy. You create them as recipients of federal largesse. And it becomes increasingly difficult to overcome that. It just does. So there you have it. Case closed. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Anecdotal information about strong turnouts in Northern Virginia, not so strong in certain other parts of Virginia. I have no idea if they're accurate. People pouring their stuff into me, uh, into my uh, knowledge base here. So I have to be very careful about what I use and uh, and sort through these things. But uh, this is some. This is one of the reasons when we have this president. Whether you think he's going to win in re-election, run for re-election, get blown out on re-election, or whatever it is. If we do not secure this border and get this immigration issue under control, I can assure you Republicans will never win again. Oh, they'll win some seats. But you look at Colorado. People say, oh, well, immigration, what are you, a xenophobe? I'm not a xenophobe. The Democrats used Colorado many years ago as an experiment on how to take over a red state. Colorado was a bright red western state. I remember one of the great senators when I was much younger, who I admired enormously, was a fellow by the name of Bill Armstrong. As conservative as they got. A evangelical Christian. And he won handily. He won handily at the time. Now they have a liberal Democrat and a liberal Republican and a liberal Democrat governor. And they've turned the state in most presidential elections now blue. I remember when Virginia was was absolutely red. There was no problem. It's now blue. It's not purple. It's blue. Uh, and I can say this for other states. We're running out of states. I remember when California was reliably a red state, believe it or not. It produced Ronald Reagan, and it gave him all its electoral college votes and two massive landslides. Do you know George H.W. Bush won California? Did you know that, Mr. Producer? And then that's it. There's a common denominator here. There's a common denominator. The nation's becoming more and more balkanized and tribalized, if you will. You just hear the nasty race-baiting, particularly on the left, by the Democrats. It is a nasty business, just as it was in this election in Virginia. It's a nasty business when Obama used it and Holder used it. 
And they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones. And they fire up racial hatred and racial tension. You want to enforce immigration laws. Virginians just elected a governor, not all of us, but enough, who supported sanctuary cities. Now he flipped against them, but he'll flip back from Literally supporting sanctuary cities. In other words, literally supporting violating federal law. And they run on this stuff. They run on this stuff. Got our work cut out for us. If we want to remain free, I can tell you that. We absolutely do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Now, I want to remind you of something. We've got to put things in context. Virginia is not a red state where the blue state, where the blue candidates, the Democrats, upset the red state candidates. That's not what happened. This guy, Northam, was expected to win, even though a lot of Republicans had high hopes for Gillespie, given how close he came in his last election uh, for the United States Senate. But look across the country. You know, after Obama won, won twice. A lot of people didn't think a Republican could win again. Donald Trump won. Of all people, Donald Trump won. As important as the state of Virginia is, I live here, as Virginia goes, so does not go the nation. You've got 32 Republican governors in this country. I think that's the number, 31 or 32. I think it's 32. You have 32 or 33 Republican-majority state legislatures. You have a Republican House and a Republican Senate and a Republican President. It's not going to last forever. It never does. But now's the time to act. Now's the time to do things that, that secure the Republic, that secure the civil society, that expand liberty, that expand private property rights, that break up the left's monopoly when it comes to uh, education in these other areas where they have absolutely taken control. Monopoly control. But they won't do it, the Republicans. They simply won't do it. The time to strike on Convention of States, Article 5, is absolutely right now. We're not a majority, but an overwhelming majority of the state legislatures are controlled by Republicans. They won't do it. Well, they'll do it in some states, but not in other states. They don't know how to extend their power in a positive way. They pretty much go along with the left's agenda. As an example, this phony tax cut nonsense. They're not pushing a fair tax. They're not pushing a flat tax. They're not reforming the Internal Revenue Code in any significant way for tens of millions of you. They're creating a massive new top bracket that even Obama couldn't accomplish. They're going to hurt a lot of people when they're capping private, excuse me, uh, real estate tax uh, and uh, state income tax uh, deductions. They're going to hurt a lot of people when they're capping mortgage interest rate deductions. They're going to hurt a lot of people when they're flirting with, in fact, they may uh, eliminate student loan interest deductions or, or any of these things. 
or any of these things. They even talk like liberals. When you heard Paul Ryan on Sunday shows about class warfare, the rich are this, the rich are that, I'm, going, I'm shaking my head saying, man, how low you have fallen. How low you have fallen. And the answer, ladies and gentlemen, isn't some new political ideology either. When we won two massive electoral landslides, both in the popular vote and the electoral college vote, the Republican nominee was an unabashed constitutional conservative, and he had the capacity to explain liberty and individualism, limited government, and so forth and so on, in ways that connected with the American people. He didn't sit around and say, let me go after the blue-collar Democrats, let me go after this. He went after everybody. With his message. With his message. We don't have many messengers anymore. One of the reasons that I have so strongly backed Trump against this Russian collusion nonsense, the impeachment nonsense, the Article 25, uh, the Amendment 25 nonsense, is because I believe in our republic and I believe the left is is seeking a death blow against it. And I think the, the never-Trumpers, the Bush family, the Bush staffers and so forth are making a dire mistake. They're not looking down the road. The enemy isn't Trump. The enemy is the enemy. The hardcore left that is so successfully, so successfully eviscerated so much that's great about America and continues to devour it. Trump is an imperfect vessel, but most vessels are imperfect. Most people are imperfect. And yet he's the most conservative president since Ronald Reagan. I don't agree with everything he wants to do, but so what? So what? And it just amazes me to hear that George H.W. Bush voted for Hillary Clinton. And George W. Bush didn't vote for president. I find that appalling, absolutely appalling. These these establishment Republicans will talk about Big Tent all the time. Big Tent, we have to appeal to these voters or those voters. And yet, they don't really believe it. It's their way or the highway. It's their way or the highway. Ed Gillespie ran a great campaign. He's... You know, an imperfect candidate, but he ran a very good campaign. The Democrat ran a lousy campaign, and he's more than imperfect. He's a lousy candidate. He's really a lousy hack is what he is. But here we are. A man nobody ever heard of before is now governor of Virginia. And this is what happens. But again, I want to remind you, as Virginia goes, the nation does not go. And conservatives are making headway in a lot of blue states. They're actually being able to hold on to some red states. But if if the demographics keep changing and changing and changing, let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. If the people coming into this country and their children becoming citizens were voting Republican overwhelmingly, do you think the Democrats would want open borders? Do you think the Democrats would want amnesty? Do you think the Democrats would want Anything, they, they'd be the ones building the wall on the southern border, wouldn't they? 
Absolutely. They're all about power, and they're all about unilateral action, and they're all about, frankly, a totalitarian mindset. That's why they want to destroy the Electoral College. They want to destroy separation of powers. They want to control the courts. They will rule by the courts if they can. They'll rule by presidential fiat if they can. They'll rule by congressional mandate if they can. It doesn't matter to them. It's the ends that matters to them. And so while we still have a chance in our state legislatures, in our state governors, while we still have a chance, this is why there's this growing liberty movement, this Article 5 Convention of States movement. you got blowhards all over the place telling you we're going to beat these candidates and these candidates and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Talk, 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 talk. Talk, 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 talk. There needs to be a method. There needs to be a model that you can advance that has the effective ability to restore this republic. Electing more Republicans to the Senate and the House, while it's better than electing more Democrats, sometimes is not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. It's simply not going to cut it. If you are truly an activist... If you are truly concerned about the direction of this country, you ought to read the Liberty Amendments. You should read the book. I don't want you to buy it. Go to the library and read it. That's the most important. I, I, I don't say this to pat myself on the back. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to sell any more of that book. I am telling you. That's the most important book to reinstate the American Revolution, I'm not talking about armed conflict. The American Revolution, it's the most important book that does that. And yet it's opposed by inside the Beltway so-called conservative think tanks. And not just inside the Beltway. I don't like losing to these people, ladies and gentlemen. I don't like losing liberty every day. Every day. I don't like working every day and then being told... That I'm earning too much and somebody else has a right to my money. Do you? You and your family have a right to what you earn. I don't care if you're a mechanic, a plumber, electrician, a billionaire, a millionaire, or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. There's a thing called ethics. There's a thing called morality. There's a thing called right versus wrong, good versus evil. I know when I get behind this microphone, I know when I write these books, the vast majority of people in this country don't hear me and they don't read. But enough of you do hear me and do read that I believe we can continue to spark an interest in restoring this republic. You need to remember that the, during the American Revolution, I've talked about this for 15 years, only about a third of the people supported the revolution. That's it. Another third actively opposed it. And another third was, you know, just kind of out of it. You actually had pro-British militia forces in South Carolina, in parts of Georgia, in parts of North Carolina, who fought for the British. Why? Because they said, we don't care what the hell went up in Boston. 
That's their Tea Party. We're selling cotton and we're selling a hell of a lot of it to the Brits. And this is disrupting our lives. That took place. It absolutely did. The difference now, though, is the progressive movement has progressed. It's advanced over a century, conquering one institution after another. And so we have these weird things going on, these weird forces in the country. We've got these progressive forces that essentially control most of our governing institutions. And then we have our beliefs, our values, our principles, which is in the private sector which is in our churches and our synagogues and so forth, which is in our families. So you've got this force, this governmental force, that really runs counter to our personal belief systems, to our religious belief systems, and so forth and so on. That's why I talk about the civil society in the country being different than the government. Being different than the government. I don't mean to... Lay all this on you right now, but I am saying, not all is lost, but all could be lost. There are opportunities, but there are also major problems facing us. You know, it's that time of year again when the days are shorter. Don't waste your precious daylight sifting through a sea of search results when looking for the right business software. Get home on time tonight with Captira.com. You know, when you're a a startup looking to uh, to keep better track of customers, a nonprofit hoping to have a record fundraising year, or a a business that simply needs better so, uh, payroll software. You need software, and Captera, they have you covered. Search Captera, 400 categories of software. Discover the right tool for your business. Anything from email marketing to scheduling to accounting and beyond. Captera makes it easy to find what you're looking for. Captera has thousands of ratings and reviews from actual software users just like you. Best of all, using their, their, their site is absolutely free. Absolutely free. 2018 will be here before you know it. So make sure you've got the software your business needs today to help you do what you do better. Join the millions who use Captera. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Levin. Captera dot com slash Levin. Check it out. It's free. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Business travel is a game of wins and losses. Having a short wait to get through security, that's a win. Forgetting about the bottle of water in your briefcase so you have to go through the security line again, now that's a loss. Well, buying your business trip at Upside.com is a triple win. Number one, they have the absolute best available prices for flights, hotel, and rental cars. Number two, is Upside rewards you with a gift card to places like Amazon.com every time you buy a business trip. And win number three is the amazing six-star treatment you get from Upside's customer service specialists. Their navigators are instantly accessible around the clock, even reaching out before a problem happens. And right now, when you go to Upside.com, use my code MARK. 
and you'll get a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com. That's code MARK for a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com when you buy your next business trip at thegreatupside.com. Upside.com, you deserve a better business trip. Minimum purchase required. See the site for complete details. Again, Upside.com, code MARK. If you've never tried it, I really want you to try it. We have John Kerry in Secret Recordings. And I do believe the Obama administration was the most anti-Semitic administration in American modern American history, certainly since the State of Israel was founded. Obama leading the charge. I sincerely believe this. John Kerry in Secret Recordings. Palestinians have done an extraordinary job of remaining committed to nonviolence. Cut 13, go. And the Palestinians have done an extraordinary job of remaining committed to nonviolence. And in fact, when the Intifada took place, they delivered nonviolence in the West Bank. This is overlooked by the general population because it's not a topic of discussion. Why? Because the majority of the cabinet currently in the current Israeli government has publicly declared they are not ever for a Palestinian state. So there you have it, the idiot. The idiot. The Palestinians, ladies and gentlemen, they're for nonviolence. Oh, forget about the uh, the random terrorist attacks on the Jews or just Israelis on the Druze, D R E W Druze, on the Druze, D R U Z, I believe. Then we have John Kerry in secret recordings again about the Israeli leadership. He hates Netanyahu. Cut fourteen. Go. If you see forty thousand kids marching up to the wall every day with signs saying "Give us our rights," I mean, I don't think Palestine is going to be immune forever to civil rights movements that have swept other nations in the world. And somehow Israel is ignoring this today. That's not leadership. Unbelievable. Druze, D R U Z E, by the way. Yes, there he is, trash mouthing again. Tiny little parliamentary democracy in the Middle East. You see all the horrific regimes, all the monarchies. The Palestinian regimes are terrorist regimes led by cruel, brutal leaders, including Abbas, who was a terrorist. He helped fund the Munich attacks on the Israelis there. But just listen to this fool. Cut 15, go. If you don't have leaders who want to make peace, if the equation doesn't change, I'll be amazed if in the next 10 years we don't see some young leader come along who says we've tried nonviolence for the last 30 years and look, it hasn't gotten us anything. Isn't it great how John Kerry gives ideas to the Palestinians to up the violence? Incredible. Has he never heard of Hamas, by the way? Has he ever heard of Hamas? Maybe not. Cut 16, go. Here, it seems to me, Bushi, and you know this because you, you ran against it, you've talked about it, you've organized to have an alternative. You've got to have a willingness to make peace. If there is a willingness to make peace, Olmert, Barak, Rabin, historically, Terez, people indicated how you do it. And here he's talking to Herzog, who's a big leftist. So there you have it. Israel never had a chance with Obama and Kerry. They never had a chance. And meanwhile... Obama and Kerry have armed the Iranians, so uh, there we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I'm glad you spent time with me the last three hours. I'll be back tomorrow. Check out Levin TV tonight. Keep your chin up, ladies and gentlemen.
I'll see you then.